This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Bo Horvat, left wing, into the Devils end, tees up a drive, he scores! That's his 21st goal of the season, and here they come again, Myers with a shot, and they score! Tanner Pearson! With the instant reaction from the players and coaches. Into the Vancouver zone, Sharon Kovic with a hard wrist shot, stopped by Demko, rebound in front, they score! Batted in on the backhand by Nathan Bastion at the top of the crease, and it's 4-3. to three. When Hughes passes to center for Bo Horvat, here's Horvat with a partial break, right wing, and a goal, he scores! Mott's battling for it at the side of the net, comes to Shen, right circle, high shot, he scores! The official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks win, doubling up the New Jersey Devils 6-3 at Rogers Arena. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Satyar Shaw with Pick Nazar will bring in Corey Hirsch into the conversation in just a moment. This was an opportunity night for the Vancouver Canucks. Plenty of help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Dallas Stars lose. Vegas Golden Knights lose. LA Kings on the verge of potentially losing. Canucks needed these two points tonight to close the gap in the playoff race, and they did that in a big, big way. And Hershey, when I look at how the Canucks were able to close this game out, good start and a good close. That's kind of what they needed tonight, wasn't it? They really did, and they're closing the gap. Yeah, this is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this, and I've got to think since Christmas they have to be one of the top five teams in the National Hockey League. Now, record I don't wise, have any no proof question. Of that, oh, they are record, record wise, wise they, they are. Have to yeah. be. And, and it's not how you start; it's how you finish that. Yep. Uh, they got some tough games coming up. The, it's you know after the Detroit game, it really starts to heat up against conference opponents. Yeah. They got St. Louis twice. They got. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary. They've got, um, you know, they they have a couple Colorado, games against Vegas, Minnesota. Colorado, Minnesota. Yeah. So those are the games that they have to put their positions themselves in that position to right. be able to, you know, get an opportunity to beat those teams. So that's why these points are so important, uh, and especially the next two against Detroit. You have to get those two points because none of them, the rest of them, are going to be easy. But you've put yourself in a position where, hey. Now you're in control of your own destiny. Whereas prior, start of the year, they were not. And this is really cool to see. It's Yeah, the, the picture just gets a, a little bit clearer every time. Or I, I guess I used to say even muddier. And I guess it, for, for the Canucks, you want it to be muddy. You want all these teams oh, yeah. in the mix. Because everyone's kind of coming back to that 94-point mark. Obviously, L.A. losing tonight. It puts them at about a 97-point pace. Canucks crest over 90 uh, for the first time in a bit. And more importantly... They leapfrog a team today. So they're on. Now, as far as point space, they sit ninth. One step closer. It's not bad. One step not closer. Bad. So, you know, hey, you never know. We might see some playoff hockey. And anytime you have goaltending like what the Canucks get, uh, you can do a lot. And Thatcher Demko wasn't wasn't really needed no. tonight. But I, I do see that um, I can see. So goalies don't get so much physically fatigued. It's it's not Mentally, that. Right? It's a mental fatigue. Yeah. It's hard to explain. It's like well, is it because you, know, you got to be so sharp for sixty minutes and be on top of it, focus wise, and absolutely. that just kind of wear you down? Yeah, and that's where you know it's not because you're not skating, right? right. You're not skating, skating. Mm-hmm. Where it's physical for players, 
I'll put it this way, Sat. When you sit at a computer all day and at the end of the day you're like, your brain's fried. Right. That's kind of what it's like a little bit. Well, I understand, especially if, you know, when you're on the other end, you're so focused and being so engaged in the game. And it's like anything. When you spend a lot of time being mentally engaged in something, at some point you do get that burnout. And you wonder, 16 straight appearances here for uh, Thatcher Demko, 14 starts in that time. And even the two games he came in, played over half the game because Halak got lit up early in the first period in both those games. So you look at Demko's game, you know, as much as you want to ride him, can you play him both of these back-to-backs in the week? You kind of have to get him a rest here because at some point you're going to get diminishing returns, and that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, and I I think you have to give Halak one more chance at least. And then after that, if he doesn't perform well, I'd bring in Martin. I I would, you know, and and, um, because the team needs – yeah. You can't have one guy going and the other guy just not. And Halak's a better goalie than he's showing. So uh, that's going to be up to him. So, we'll, But we'll see how all that plays out. Yeah, I don't think you can play Demko. Uh, what do they play, Saturday, Sunday? Is that How does the, how does the schedule go in the back-to-backs? Yeah, they play Saturday, Sunday. Both okay. 7 o'clock so, starts. Calgary, Saturday. Buffalo on Sunday. So I'll, I'll explain this to you, Sat. So when the, when the back-to-backs on the front end of a 3-4, and four, you, you can do that. Because you go back to back, right? Day off, and then you can play that third game. But when you go game one, day off, and then you got to play two, yeah, that's where the fatigue sets in. That's where on the second half of that back to back, because the day off isn't before that last game, right? So that's you know that to me is somewhere where they're going to have to play Halak, and they're just going to say, hey, you know, this is uh, this is it, fella, or yeah. I mean, it, it. You could play Demko, but yeah, you know, you need the points. Well, you absolutely do, and in one of these games here too, where you had to win this one against the Devils, right? And you have the big, big game coming up against the Red Wings on Thursday as well. And, and Bick, like when we start looking at how you piece your way into this, we kind of expect that it wasn't going to be easy against Florida, it wasn't going to be easy against Tampa, but you have to take advantage of them to get full points, maximum points, especially the, these two games heading into this weekend. Because just like Hershey mentioned, you got Calgary, you got back-to-back, you may have to go to Halak. You just can't afford to drop these points. They got it done tonight, and now you got to get it done on Thursday. Yeah, we talked about 10 points on this homestand. That was kind of the bare minimum to keep this conversation of the playoffs active. And, yeah. and that would put you at about a 91-point pace. And again, it's it's still a number that you, you know, have to exceed. Yeah, but it, it gives you enough protection on that seven game stretch there that if you do like a two three two, right, then you're still kind of alive in this whole race. So right now, through four games, what do they have? Five points. Detroit coming up. That's going to be an absolute necessity because then Calgary comes in, and then the back end of a back to back against Buffalo, it's going to be a difficult one. But Hey, take care of business. That's all they can do, Sat. Like, we're having all these conversations, and we spend so much time. They're valid conversations about big picture and trades and all this sort of stuff. All these players can do, and this coaching staff can do, is go out 7 o'clock on Thursday and get two points. That's all they're focused on. It's, it, it boils down to just, hey, every two points is just a little bubble of oxygen with this room that's filling up with water, and hope right. you can start bailing out some of the water, but just, just get a little bit more air and, and keep your playoff dreams alive. That's all they can do right now. Well, and Hershey, what they needed tonight was JT Miller and Bo Horvat oh, to get yeah. going. Both guys responded with three-point performances each. Yeah, and Bo Horvat can sniff the playoffs. You can see it. Now again, He's right? He's got uh, three multi-goal performances in his last ten games. Um, and that's what you need. You just need that little sniff, right? And, and you can see him really trying to turn it up 
Uh, just looking at the schedule. So after the weekend, it's nine nine home, nine road. So, wow. yeah. Well, uh, let's go outside the Canucks locker room where we're joined by JT Miller. Another three-point performance for him tonight. Uh, JT, you guys needed to respond in a big way tonight. How good did you guys feel about your start, but also how you closed the game out tonight? Yeah, I thought that the uh, you know the start was really good. We obviously emphasized that a lot lately. Um, and the way we closed it was really good as well. Uh, I thought there were stretches at the end of the first and through the second where we got into the way they like to play a little bit, and that doesn't suit us. So we got to make sure we're still finding ways to you know, play more 60-minute effort, but the PK really came up big for us tonight. Um, you know, you know, kind of kept the momentum going for us, so that was nice. Uh, the trio of you, Tanner, and Connor uh, just really clicking as soon as it was put together. The puck just found its way to you so many times. End up with three. It felt like it could have been six or seven. Uh, what is it that with that group there that's working so well? Well, I think we're hunting pucks really well. Uh, we're not forcing a lot of plays at the blue line. Uh, not forcing a lot of plays at the blue line, sorry, and... Uh, we're creating a lot of turnovers, and once we get the puck back in there, and I think we have, uh, you know, good vision, and you know, we're starting to get some chemistry. and know where each other are going to be, and you know, the Huggy and Garley set me up. I feel like ten times tonight, and I just had a hole in my stick. So, uh, um, you know, I'll take it. I definitely owe, uh, owe those two a beer for sure. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, guys are finding a way to chip in all over the lineup tonight, which is great. Uh, JT, is this some, uh, this has to be some of the best hockey you're playing? You look so confident out there. Uh, you look like you're having a lot of fun, and it's great to see. Well, winning's fun. Winning makes everybody look good. Um, you know, the assist tonight is just a horseshoe lodge right up my you-know-what. So I'll, uh, I'll take them and run. But at the end of the day, I mean, these two points, when we need them, you know, we know who's playing tonight, and uh, those are big two points for us. That's the only thing they really care about right now. Well, and it's one of those performances where, I mean, you got a bit of everything from everybody, right? And we talk about Bo, yourself, too. And, you know, one guy who's really come along ever since this team started taking off is Yuho Lamical. Gets another goal tonight. He's playing big minutes for you guys, winning face-offs. He's big. He plays hard. What have you seen in his growth and, and how important he's become to the team? Yeah, he's just getting better and better, and he's such a reliable guy. Uh, you need reliable, predictable players in your lineup, and that line gives it to us every single night. Um, they're an example line. You know, they lead, and uh, you know, when, our, when all four of our lines are playing the way they play every night, I think we're a really good hockey team. Are you uh, keeping an eye on either of the standings or even the points leaders right now? Because uh, you keep climbing up uh, that one as well. Yeah, uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> I am aware, but I, but no, I'm uh, definitely I'm definitely watching the standings more than I ever have in my career. It's so tight. I mean, I feel like five or six teams have a chance to get in right there. So I mean, it's uh, it's going to change and flip flop every night. So we just got to make sure we're taking care of business when we get a chance to. Hey, JT, always appreciate your time. A great game tonight, and best of luck on Thursday. All right, thanks, both. Uh, that is Canucks forward JT Miller. Three points tonight, feeling good about where the team is at. And always humble. Have you ever heard JT take credit for having a big night? He's like, yeah, I got lucky. You know, I got horseshoes up my butt. I mean, you know. He, he's I not, owe he's these not. guys a beer. I screwed up a bunch of times. It's like, yo, you had three, three points, points tonight. I will, I will say this, though, Hershey. I actually thought he had one of his sloppier nights when it comes to finishing. Like, his play around the net, like, he flubbed a couple chances, missed the net on a couple opportunities. But he's so good that even on an off night, like he mentioned himself, he still put up three points. Yeah, you know what? It just it's when you have that confidence like he has right now, and you just saw him turn the corner as a player. Uh, I, I guess you would see when Boudreaux came in. You just every player kind of has that moment where they just mm. they turn the corner, and his age is perfect for where he's at. Um, you know, they, they could move him, but now the way he's playing and how he's coming. It's, it's, it's just it's, not going to happen this season. Not happening this season. I think you have to take a look at trying to sign him. But he's, he's, going he's tied to, for six he's going scoring to be, right yeah, now. Yeah, he's going to be in the driver's seat, though, uh, yeah. ultimately at the end of this. So, um, you know, you won't talk 
contract extension at this point, but I'm sure in the summer it'll get brought up, and it's going to be up to JT whether or not he wants to stay, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You could get a lot for him right now, so if the right deal comes up, it's a possibility. But, man, you got someone in the top 10 scoring now, and, you know, I'd change my tune a little bit from what I thought before. Um, And that's okay. I'm allowed to change my mind. Hey, listen, with more information, you can change your mind. But the performances change. The performances change, and you can really see him turning into a leader and a player, which I questioned at the start of the year and last year was his leadership role. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing it at a completely different level, and it's good to see, uh, and and I'm impressed, because some guys never, ever get it. And JT Miller's a guy that's got it, and it's really cool to see. Um, so I, I'm thinking, you know, he might be a guy that you have to, you got to look at re-signing. But again, UFA, yeah. you know, we've lost them before because it's up to them ultimately at the end of the day. They have the power when they become mm-hmm. UFAs. And, and even tonight, it's like a primary. It's like these aren't empty stats where it's just tap-ins and someone else has to do all the work. Like well, he's, he's not just picking second up secondary points. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so no, impressive. Yeah. And, and look, I'm just going to throw out some names here that he's cluttered with here. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, Austin Matthews, Carol Kaprizov, Kyle Connor, Alex Ovechkin, Tammy Panarin. Like he's in with that mix right now, uh, and it's, it's just a stunning, stunning well, season. Sedin's were the last guys they had in that in that mix, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't get that. Ninety men- point seasons don't come by yeah, very often. No, here they in don't, especially players that it's they're not easy to find. Look at how many teams don't have a player in the top ten, right? Yeah. You're looking at you're looking at twenty some teams that don't because the Oilers take up two of those spots. Um, you know, so it's when you find them, it's and this this isn't a one off for JT Miller where it's like this is a year that he just hit a bunch of points and he got lucky or whatever. I mean, this guy should be able to do this for three, four, five more years. It's after that you have to get concerned because, hey, man, yeah, well, unlike me, people get older, right? <laughs> I just keep looking younger. Yeah, you found the fountain of youth I, somewhere, Hershey. I did. Me and Bradley Cooper. Well, Hershey, uh, because you need your beauty <laughs> sleep to look as good as you do, we'll let you get on with your uh, evening. We always appreciate it. your time, and we look forward to chatting with you on Thursday when the Canucks host the Red Wings. Well, thanks, gentlemen. We'll see you then. You got it. That is Corey Hirsch. Always a pleasure here on the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Big victory for the Canucks. 6-3 over the New Jersey Devils. Quinn Hughes finally beats his brother Jack in a matchup and a long time coming. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from from the Quinn, uh, the Hughes brothers a post game here as they meet with the media. We are going to hear from head coach Bruce Boudreaux when he comes up to the podium momentarily. Keep getting your thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. Also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. You're toll free, one 275 650 and, Bick, uh, we have a lot of reaction on the text message inbox here tonight, 650-650, as you would expect after a big victory. Uh, however, uh, people are also worried about Yaro Halak. William says, please, no, why are you torturing me talking about Yaro Halak? But I'll say this. At, at some point, you just... Thatcher Demko's been tremendous all season yeah. long. Are we starting to see some wear here? It, it certainly looks like it. And if you want to get... Pre- you, listen, you need to get premium Thatcher Demko the rest of the season as well. And if he... If you have to sacrifice a game to get the best out of Demko consistently, you might have to do so. Because if the wheels fall off or if his game starts fraying and he hits a patch, you're done anyways. Mm-hmm. So, Especially th- when you're getting ready for that seven-game stretch. like It's going to be so pivotal. And we talked about this. I don't know if it was me and you or uh, me and Randeep on the People Show. Uh, after Halak's last start, which was on February 28th, we talked about, hey, how many starts is Demko going to get here in the month of March? There's two back-to-backs. And, you know, we kind of set the under at – one and a half, 
and I took the under because at some point, like he'll get one game, but it's 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 going to matter so much that Thatcher Demko plays in net, and you have to get him a break at some point. So if it's the Buffalo game, you know, it's an out of conference one that pro- that one probably makes the most sense because you got Colorado and Minnesota back to backs right after later that week. So I, I think the Buffalo game probably makes the most sense. Burn that one. If you get the result, great. If you don't, okay, that's we did it for the greater good, and you got that Jadenko a little bit of rest. But that back-to-back Colorado Minnesota, like that's pivotal. You might have yeah. to go. You might have to go Demko in that one in both games. What if you uh, pull the John Cooper and go to Halak against Calgary, and you go Demko against the Sabers? But then you get two games later that week back-to-back. Right, it's not three and four nights or anything like that. But, but I'm saying, as far as maximizing your points, as much as yes, yeah. you want to you want to be able to you want to beat Calgary, you want to bow down to them. But if you go in with Demko and lose against a good Calgary team that is motivated after beat him seven one, we'll continue that convo. We'll get to more of your messages. Here is head coach Bruce Boudreau. They're tired of hearing about it, so they just went out there, and I could tell when I was and I told them this I, when I was talking to them in the morning, and they were all focused on me. That they were gonna, they were ready to play. We spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks talking about JT Miller's performances in these types of games. What about Bo tonight? He was a true leader tonight. You know, I mean, they were, we were, they were taken to us a little bit pretty good until he scored that uh, uh, the shorthanded goal, and then he got that goal to start the third period. I thought, uh, um, I, I thought that he he was uh, on the bench. He was vocal. Uh, he was a he was a true captain tonight. Was, um, didn't get a lot of time on the PK tonight. It was a key kill besides the shorthanded goal. But Oliver Ekman Larson didn't play at all uh, shorthanded, and, and his ice time shorthanded has been trending down a little bit while while Quinn Hughes is going up. Can you take us through why maybe OEL is not playing much on the PK? I can't tell you there. I haven't uh, talked to Brad about that and see what his thoughts are. But I do know that uh, with uh, Hughes, the the one thing. You know, like on face-offs and that, especially that are that start the the penalty kill. Uh, we used to do the same thing with Mike Green in Washington because he's such got such good hands that if we won the draw or if it was 50-50, he'd get he'd be able to pull it out of a pile and get it down for that first clear, which is vitally important. And uh, uh, I think we use him for that for that reason. And and he's he's so quick on the puck that he can. Uh, you know, he, he, there's attributes that he doesn't have that you like as penalty killers, but you can't have everything, you know? When players are, are really feeling it, Bruce, and on the first goal tonight, there was a time when JT would have got the puck at the offensive blue line and maybe tried to beat three guys. But he circles back into the neutral zone, and then he finds Hunt. Is, is that what comes with confidence, that you kind of slow the game down and have the patience to find somebody like that? Yeah, uh, I would think that's part of it, and the, the fact that he knows the game, really well and he's such a pinpoint passer and if he didn't have the energy it was the end of his shift that he, he didn't want to dump it in and, and or go and go after it and might get caught uh, I just thought it was he made the same kind of play a couple of weeks ago uh, a rink wide pass where he came back and did the same thing and uh, I think that's just the, the sign of a real smart hockey player you mentioned. Oh, go ahead. Scott Walker back in the press box tonight. We saw him. Nice to see him around the rink. Absolutely. Got here. Uh, what's today? Tuesday. Got here this morning, and uh, we're just gonna uh, move him in slowly. That's why he wasn't behind the bench today. Uh, just uh, and he probably won't be on the ice for a couple of days. But it's just to 
being around and watching, seeing his blood pressure go up when he watches the game is, is good. We're going to see how that works out for him. Gets one tonight. You've talked a lot about him understanding a complete game and getting to the net, and he gets rewarded for it tonight. What do you think it can do for him? Uh, well, I hope it. Uh, you know, I hope he plays like he played tonight. Like I thought he was responsible, which is the big thing. When I look at, uh, uh, he got the goal. He almost he had a great shot from the blue line that almost went in uh, again. But he played with energy and he played responsibly. When he plays like that, he's a pretty good player. Bruce, you have the big penalty kill game well sandwiching the second and the third periods uh, one thing that was interesting about your shorthanded play tonight uh, we didn't see Oliver uh, used in that spot yeah oh, did that already get asked that question was asked and, and you know what I haven't uh, that's okay I, the same thing I, I I'll ask Brad because I didn't uh, uh, I didn't even pay attention to was the it defense. asked specifically about this game or going back no I think it was was it <laughs> We were having a conversation. Thanks, I like both both questions. You know, I, I'm not uh, distinguishing who had the be- better question, by the way. Bruce, have you noticed that um, he's still obviously, he's obviously been very, very good. He's made you know a couple of huge saves a night here or there, but there are games where he haven't had to consistently watch Demko stand on his head necessarily to get wins. So that's a good thing, though. That's you what know, I mean, I mean uh, especially uh, you know we're going through this thing. Uh, this gauntlet, you know, and uh, uh, we're playing him an awful lot. So it's uh, uh, the more he doesn't have to get 45, 50 shots on goal, the better it is. So it's uh, uh, we're really trying to, like tomorrow, there's a good chance that he won't practice. And before anybody asks, he's not hurt. He's just, it would be a maintenance day for that, for him. It felt like JT had like half a dozen scoring chances that he just couldn't convert on. And he still ends the night with three assists. Does it just speak to how he can impact the game in so many different ways? Yeah, I mean, you guys had the Sedins here for years. I mean, you could see, you know, sometimes they they weren't scoring, but they were just making plays, and you look at the scorecard after, and they're plus three, and they got three points, and that's what great players do. I mean, uh, uh, they don't uh, – sometimes they're not – they're totally visually dominant, but sometimes they're just out there doing the right things. You put them in the right spots and they take care of business. And uh, I think JT and Bo both are, are really feeling it uh, in that respect right now. What makes Pearson uh, a good fit next to Miller? I guess they like each other. I mean, they're both veterans. You know, I mean, they talk to each other a lot and uh, they're good friends. And uh, uh, like in the last, I'd say, three weeks, Pierce has really picked up his game and uh, has been, he's hes part of the reason that Miller's done so good is because Pierce has been so good. Bruce taught me if our hands already asked this one. Um, with, uh, with containing New Jersey's speed tonight, it, it looked like between defenders pinching and, and the way that your club sort of stayed close together when breaking the puck out, there were you, you managed to pretty successfully play a half-court game almost. Well, um, we tried to attack Hughes every time he had the puck, so he doesn't get you know uh, get the puck uh, in full speed. He got it once in full speed, and he and he goes and scores. I was so impressed with him. As far as uh, when you just watch him on TV, the first couple of years, and he was off and on. But I'm looking at him now, and this guy's going to be as good as anybody in the game. And how did you like your clubs? game containing the the track meet element that the devils bring well we talked about it on the bench we screamed about it on the bench that we didn't want to get into a track meet with these guys because they're about as fast a team as you're going to play and uh, 
so it's it's something that we have to play the way that w- makes us successful is when teams have to go through 200 feet all the time, you know, because uh, people wouldn't say we're the fastest team. But if we keep them in front of us and we don't get into a track meet, we're usually pretty successful. Thank you. All right. And that is Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux after an impressive 6-3 Canucks victory over the New Jersey Devils. And this is the Canucks Under Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Get your thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. A lot of stuff there from uh, head coach Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, very complimentary of Bo Horvat, And uh, he's traded opportunities to give JT Miller a lot of credit for his leadership. And tonight said Bo was a true leader tonight. And they were taking it to us when, when he scored, was vocal on the bench. That was a true captain tonight. Those are the words of head coach Bruce Boudreaux on Bo Horvat this evening. Yeah, I, I think, look, from what his comments were the other day about JT Miller to now, I wouldn't read too much into one thing meaning one thing for right. one player and it being an indictment on the other and saying, hey, he was a true leader tonight. I, I wouldn't read too much into that. I just think you know he's he's highlighting two players who you know JT Miller was worthy of praise the other game, and he did so. And Bo Horvat was awesome tonight and worthy of the praise tonight. I, I wouldn't read into it that those comments on either night were pitting one guy against the other. No. I, I just thought it was hey praising a player that certainly merited. Uh, based on the performance on those respective evenings. Yeah, no doubt about that. We'll continue that analysis. And also, your the phone boards are open. 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. We'll get one call in right now. We'll get to more on the other side and your text messages. And we go to Sydney, Australia, where Tommy is on the line. We'll get you in here quickly, Tommy. Thanks for calling in. What do you have for us after a big 6-3 Canucks win? Hey, what a huge 6-3 Canucks win, Sat and Big. I'm sorry for the noise. I'm on a very long drive and it's just pouring rain here in Sydney. Two things quickly. Number one, where's McCauley? I know we've talked a lot about the refs the last few days and his refing wasn't bad, but when I hear where's McCauley, I expect to be entertained. That didn't happen tonight. Where's bad game? You're on the bench. Second thing, the other day you said, you know, this team is going great. But we've got to remember that first quarter of the season. And I agree. However, the team is now being led. I'm not saying coached by Boudreaux. I'm saying led. I think the core of this team is there. I think this team, maybe not this year, but this team is capable of winning a Stanley Cup. That's my thoughts. Hey, Tommy, thanks for the phone call. Be safe on your drive. Appreciate your thoughts. From Sydney, Australia, he believes in the core, and he thinks one day they can win a cup. Not this year, but perhaps down the road, and we'll talk about how that can happen and where this Canucks team finds itself in the playoff race after winning 6-3 over the Devils. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox and on the phone boards as the Canucks Central Postgame Show rolls on, presented by Kintec Footwear and Orthotics. Do your feet hurt? Kintec can help. Talk to a fitting expert today at 11 Lower Mainland locations. Or online at kintec.net. More coming up in the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, more of the Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Down the near boards for Tatar. Carries back, top of the left circle. Winds into the high slot on the back end, trying to center a pass, turned it over, and here's Bo Horvat, left wing, into the Devils' end, tees up a drive, he scores! 
the drive that got through Nico Dawes and trickled across the goal line. 96.5 miles per hour. And the Canucks retake the lead. It's 3-2. to 96.5 miles an hour, Brendan. That is a bomb. He was a true leader tonight. You know, I mean, they were, we were, they were taken to us a little bit pretty good until he scored that, uh, uh, the shorthanded goal, and then he got that goal to start the third period. I thought, uh, um, I, I thought that he, he was uh, on the bench. He was vocal. Uh, he was a, he was a true captain tonight. Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux on Bo Horvat, a three-point night, including two goals as the Canucks double up the New Jersey Devils 6-3 here at Rogers Arena. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Our feedback channels, our Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650, and also our phone line 604-280-0650, your toll-free 1-888-275-0650. We are going to get to uh, that reaction coming up momentarily, but we do have to update you on the out-of-town scoreboard as the Canucks keep their fight alive for the postseason. Dallas Stars lost. Vegas Golden Knights lost. LA Kings also took the L tonight. And Bick, what does that mean for the Canucks in the playoff standings? It's, uh, it's getting pretty tight. It's getting pretty tight right now. So L.A. dips down to a 98-point pace, 97 and change, but let's just round up and say 98. Edmonton's at a 96-point pace. Both of them Pacific Division seeding. Yeah. Dallas now is your wild card two at a 94-95 point pace. Canucks crest over 90, so it's still about a five-point gap, a 4.7 gap if you want to be specific. But they have jumped ahead of the Las Vegas Golden Knights and also have a game at hand on them. Yeah, and that's all point percentages as far as actual points are concerned. The Canucks are still one point back of Vegas, but they have a game in hand. So if the Canucks win that game in hand, they're a point up on Vegas, and they would jump into the wild card spot. Sat, just normalize points percentage, okay? I, I, no, no, I, I will. But my point here is, what do you think? To, another pandemic? Is gonna <laughs> who knows? I'll say, I'll say this though. When it comes to the Dallas Stars, they have three games in hand yes. on Vancouver, but they've lost three games in a row. So assuming they would pick up five points in those, or five or six points in those three games might be assuming a lot, considering how that team's trending, and Muir Heiskanen being injured as well, which is a massive blow to their back end and how that team likes to play. So, you win on Thursday against the Red Wings, head into the weekend, you're in a Spot all of a sudden, not that far out off the playoffs. And yeah, you're seven points back of the LA Kings, but you have a game in hand. You win that game in hand, you're five points back of the Kings for second in the Pacific Division. So on Thursday, if the Canucks do what you say, win, and also if the Dallas Stars lose to Montreal, Canucks would, uh, you'd wake up Friday morning, the Canucks would be in a playoff spot. Yeah. Unbelievable. But here we are, and that's a possibility. And whether you want believe it or not, here's where they are. Keep getting your thoughts in, uh, and we are going to take your thoughts right now on our text inbox. We'll take your phone calls in just a moment. And, Bick, what are the people saying tonight on the Dunbar Lumber text inbox? 650, 650, uh, wide range of opinion. Ooh. So much depends on the deadline. Acquisitions. Uh, someone texted <laughs> in. Oh, creative. I like it. Uh, the whole line of Besser, Horvat, and Hoaglander were really good today. Another unsigned text. 
Uh, this one, someone says another game where Besser was easily replaceable. Uh, I don't know about if I agree with that. He had an awesome assist on that Hoaglander goal. Great pass from behind the net. Uh, Naomi texting in from Montreal. Uh, what does JT Miller's franchise record tying point streak affect his prospects with the Canucks during the offseason, Sass? Ooh, well, uh, it means that he's looking at a big number, potentially. It's, it's kind of working in favor for both parties in a way because JT's having this career year, and if you're JT Miller, you can't really risk a bad season hurting your value. Your, your time to sign is right now. Whether it's here or – and here's the thing. And the Canucks own your rights right now. So I mean, I, I was making this point you know, yesterday, too. Even if JT wants to explore free agency, he'd be foolish not to sit down after this season and talk contract extension with Vancouver. Because what if they're willing to give you that massive extension that you won't potentially get elsewhere? Because you're right. Hypothetically speaking, let's say JT tells Vancouver, I don't want to be here. You guys can trade me. And the team he they trade that trades for him does not sign him to an extension. And that team uses him as a second-line player because he's going to a really good team. And he's not playing 20 minutes in all situations. And he's not getting, you know, 90 points. If that happens, is he going to be able to demand as a free agent the same type of contract he might get from Vancouver this year potentially? So you're right. If you want to keep JT and maybe he had a desire to go elsewhere, the way he's playing, it opens the door for you to offer him an extension this offseason, and we'll see what the Canucks do in that regard. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox. We'll come back to that coming up in a few minutes, but let's go to the phone board. 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Let's go to Surrey, where Raj is on the line. Raj, huh? thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us? Hey, Raj? guys. So I'm just yeah. uh, co- Hello? Yeah, so I'm gotcha. just coming back from the game right now. Nice. Um, it was a pretty good game offensively. Uh, we were, the boys were playing really good in the offensive zone. And uh, they got uh, two goals every period. And like you guys were saying, they started the game really well. And not only that, they started, uh, they picked back up in the second when they got two goals. Um, the only real problem that I saw today uh, is that that, la- that defensive pairing of Tyler Myers and uh, Ekman Larson, nice. uh, it's really looking like a $13 million, um, you know, mistake. Because I don't know why, but Ekman Larson seems fine on his side. But Myers, I saw him make a couple of brutal mistakes. What do you guys think about that? Hey, Thank thanks you. for the phone call uh, tonight, uh, Raj. I thought OEL struggled more than Myers did tonight. Tyler and Myers had that awesome slap pass. He did in a couple of moments. And, I mean, he, he got caught by Hughes, by Jack Hughes. But who doesn't get burned by Jack Hughes nowadays? It seems like, man, is he fast. But... I thought OEL kind of struggled, and the minutes kind of reflected that as well. Played less than 18 minutes tonight, and uh, when asked about why he didn't feature on the PK, you know, he said Bradshaw decides that. But I wonder if something's up, because he looks a little labored, too. He doesn't quite move as well. I mean, I made the joke to you off air. It's It's like he's getting stuck like the barge half the time when he's on the other end of the ice. Like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he looked a bit more fleet to me. Look, he's not that long endearing ago. himself to the city, marrying the market. You gotta, you gotta do what the, what's happening in the city. So just keeping up with the trends, though, that that Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't disagree about that pairing. I thought I actually think that pairing has struggled in relation to what they did earlier. We, we gave them so much credit for being yeah. one of the best defensive D pairs in the league earlier this season, but the last probably little bit here, they have struggled. They haven't quite been as effective. No, for sure, and it's it's something that they're going to have to address, obviously, in the off season. It's um, it, it's 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 a clunky pairing that they've kind of made work here for a little bit, but it's 
long term, you can't have you know, to Roger's point, you can't really have thirteen million dollars on that back end, on that pairing, not producing points and not being elite defensively. Oliver Ekman Larson kind of holds up his end mm-hmm. defensively over the course of this season, but you know, if if you're paying that much money to to not really produce offense, you better be far and away like basically. Pelican Pulak is basically what I would want for a shutdown style pairing, and right. and they're not that, and so you have to make that money just work better for you on the roster. They, I think, what they've done is get the most out of those guys to, to the best of their ability, given what they have to work with. Long term, you want to straighten that out the best and have a much smoother and more efficient kind of situation with your back end, especially with those two players and, and who they end up playing with. So you can get more offensive play out of OEL as well, so he doesn't have to sit back as much. And although he has been getting caught offensively, so perhaps be careful what you ask for sometimes when we talk about these things. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phone boards. We're going to Kelowna where Dan is on the line. Dan, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I thought that it was a really good game. Um, I thought – they're finally getting they got off to a really good start um they you know came back kind of in the middle and put it away in in the third um i thought overall the you know the i do agree demko's gonna need some rest and i kind of agree with uh, a little bit with the fact that maybe halak you know might need to start against calgary and let demko take the easier game but other than that, you know, I, I just love the way they're playing, and if, I think if they can keep playing like this, they're going to be pushing it right to the end. But I'm also worried about the games coming up after right. the trade deadline. That's some tough hockey. No thanks question all. about Listen. that. Hey, thanks for the phone call. That is Dan and Kelowna calling in. And, you know, the point he mentions about the games getting harder after the, de- the deadline, that's why we're putting such an importance on this homestand. Mm-hmm. Not only to stay in the playoff race, just as it is, but the reason we put the number at win 10 or get 10 out of possible 14 points, which is well above the point percentage you need to make the postseason, is because of how hard that stretch gets after the trade deadline. Yeah. And you have to maximize as many points as possible. And, yeah, I mentioned maybe you pulled a John Cooper. I know others have texted in similar thoughts. Liam texted in earlier and said, hey, you stole my idea, Sat. So a lot of people are thinking the same thing because it's what John Cooper did. It's something that has been mentioned since then, whether the Canucks should try that. But do you consider maybe going to Halak against Calgary and Demko against the Sabres to ensure that you at the very least pick up those two points on Sunday on, on against when you might be a bit tired? It's an interesting thought. It's, it's an interesting thought. Uh, the, the cool thing is, Vancouver have the, the Vancouver Canucks have someone uh, very qualified and capable to make these decisions in Ian Clark. And we did get a text earlier. Sorry if I I lost here. Uh, getting a lot of texts tonight after that big win. Uh, but someone just saying, hey, isn't this why we have Ian Clark to to work on someone's game like Yaroslav Halak and get him back on track? So I found it here. Uh, Can not he get Halak back on track? And it's like, yeah, okay, that, that's. That's why you have Ian Clark, and, and that's what you want to do. It's just a matter of where is Yaroslav Halak's confidence. In the last game, he was not uh, very inspiring in that game against New Jersey. And, no. you know, in that second period, like, that was a rough second period. He kind of stopped competing. And, and you go through the tenets of what's important to Ian Clark, competing in net is a massive, massive principle. And in that game, he didn't really. So when he gets his opportunity again, you need to see an inspired Yaroslav Halak, and it is going up against Calgary the way they're playing right now. How fragile he is right now. It's, it's, it's a dangerous one. There's it's a dangerous elements one. of risk. Now, they're, you're doing it for the greater good, right. but that means you're also sacrificing the guy. Oh, I mean, it's just like you throw him to the wolves again. It's like, here you go. Yeah, right? It's, <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it, 
But in theory, like your team is, shouldn't be as tired because you're not playing on the second of a back-to-back, and you're you have an opponent where the players will be on their toes. Now the only thing is, how do the skaters feel about playing in front of Halak? Do they feel like, oh, you know, do they have, have? Is there a bit of a confidence crisis from the players with the goaltender? Because when a guy's not making saves, the guys feel it. Right? I mean, you saw with the Leafs not too long ago. You, you saw those games against the Sabres. You saw the faces. You saw the body language. You know, nothing sinks the team quicker than not believing the guy between the pipes for you, right? So it, it's a fascinating situation. If I had to bet money, Demko plays against Calgary and maybe Halak against the Sabres. It's a marquee divisional game, right? Yeah. On Saturday night. That would be my guess. Night. Yes. That, that would be my guess, too. It's, just, it, it's an interesting conversation. Uh, to, to play this out, and we'll see what happens over these next couple of days. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Matthew in Toronto texts in, Brad Hunt needs more love. He's playing fantastic. Brad Hunt has five points in his last seven games, two goals, and and three assists. If you can figure out a way to listen to the second intermission, listen to uh, my guy Sat Shaw. He's going off. Hyping up Brad Shaw. He's, or, sorry, uh, Brad Hunt and Bra- Brad Shaw. Brad Shaw, too. I mean, no, Brad Hunt's been terrific, especially recently. And here, here's the reality. You need guys to step up and give you some production to keep you in this race, especially on the back end. And we've talked a lot about how Quinn Hughes has been absolutely dynamic and productive this year on the back end, but not a lot of offense is being generated from other players on this back end. Brad Hunt, however, now is the third leading scorer on this. is starting to you know pile up some points here as far as defensemen go on the back end. I mean, he has 11 points now in 30 games, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you put that over a 82-game season playing third pair of minutes, that's almost 30 points. You get that type of production from a guy during a spell, it helps you out. And, yeah, give Brad Hunt credit. Right now this team needs a little bit of offense from the back end, and whether it's short-lived or not, he's providing it when the Canucks have needed it. Uh, Connor also texting in. People are giving all sorts of love to the D-man right now. Connor in Saskatoon saying, Love the show, boys. How about some love for Luke Shen? He's the secret key to this team who gets in all the tough spots on the ice. Everyone wants a player like Luke, but it would be a mistake to consider trading him. Hashtag Sheniak. He's a he's he's a he's a Luke Shen maniac. Shenyak. Shenyak. I got gotcha. you. I, I see you working. That's not too bad. I like this one from Doctor Berman. Last five games, OEL and Brad Hunt switched bodies. Were you the doctor from Face Off? <laughs> Was that your work? Is that how you're coming up oh, with that? Text? Strong stuff. Strong All stuff. Right. All right. Keep those thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber Text inbox. We'll get back to those uh, coming up in a bit. But let's go back to the phone boards and we go to Surrey, where Neil is on the line. Neil, thanks for calling in, buddy. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? How are you guys doing tonight? Great, man. Awesome. Big win. Um, just wanted to talk about Bo Horvat. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff has been said about this guy recently, right? Uh, you know, obviously it's because of how awesome JT Miller has been. And, you know, a lot of people are thinking Bo Horvat's kind of timid and JT Miller's alpha male leader. Um, I disagree to that. JT Miller has been amazing, yes, but Bo Horvat is our captain. And how about this guy recently? Now is the time. Down the stretch, five goals in the last four games. This guy is our captain, and he is a beauty, and we should all get behind him. He's the guy. You know, in the playoffs, look at what happened in the bubble. Horvat was the guy against St. Louis, right? Yeah, no, he, he had a great series he, against the Blues. Uh, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I just a little bit peeved off with some people around here talking bad about him recently, but he's, he's stepping up right now. And that's all I got to say about him. But uh, you're talking about the goalies. Is that uh, really? Halak against Calgary? Come on, bro. 
Come on. I, I'm throwing out the idea as far you got. Hey, listen. Here's the reality. The way okay. Demko's looking too, he's looking a bit tired, right? Yeah. Looking a bit fatigued. Yeah. Okay. You can't yeah. play him every single game. You got to play Halak at some point, or Spencer That's Martin fair. even. But you got to play oh, somebody. Oh, oh at hey, some point. hold on. Okay. Okay. You just hit the nail on the head. How about this? How about Saturday night? Halak gets traded. <laughs> Spencer Martin's called up and plays against Buffalo. Hey, you know what, Neil? Hey, thanks for the right? phone call. Hey, you know, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Hey, if something like that happens, great. You know, like, listen, it's a totally fine outcome. I am not against Spencer Martin play one of these games. All you got to do is give Thatcher Demko a rest. Now, if I'm plotting things out and and trying to predict what's going to happen, what's the most likely scenario here? Is it Halak plays? Is it Spencer Martin plays? Is it they make a trade and then Spencer Martin plays? If I had to guess, the most likely scenario is number one: that Yarrow Halak plays whatever game they decide he has to play on the back-to-back. That's just the, that's just my, that's probably the most likely outcome, whether it's something we want or and, not. And as far as likely, as far as the pie goes, that's probably like an eighty percent likelihood right. right there. That's just the lion's share of the pie. And listen, I, I, you know, you can have the takes and say I would start Spencer Martin. I think that's academic, unless. Like, that's what we're here for. The right. takes. The takes. Bring the takes. 604-280-0650. We're here for the takes. Neil, bring in the takes. All right. Uh, uh, we'll get one more call in before the break, and we'll come back and take more of your reaction here on the post-game show. Canucks win 6-3 over the New Jersey Devils. And let's hit up the North Shore and North Van, where Stuart is on the line. Stuart, what you got hey, for us tonight? Gentlemen, I hope your nights are going well. Uh, thanks for taking the call, as always. Uh, loving the post-game show. And, I know the other night I called in, I was kind of joking that, you know, Miller is a, a point-of-period player now, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. he must have been listening in on the radio to us, because he is just, I this this I can't remember the last time that we've seen a Vancouver Canucks player be this hot throughout almost the entirety of the season. Like, I think we've we got to go back to, like, 2010, 2011 with the Sedins when yeah. they were racking up 90, 100-plus points. Mm-hmm. I mean... He he's on pace for 99. He's in the top six in the league. He has more than Ovechkin. Just if everyone listening, everyone listening on the radio, he has more than Alex Ovechkin. He's he's played himself to a level now where I don't think, for a multitude of reasons, not just the honest performance, but just how he is as a guy, as how he is as a player, how we kind of I know we talk about bow leading, but Miller leads in a different way, and I think that. You know, all the little things that, you know, Jim used to say Louie did. This guy actually does little things, and he is too important now. I think it would just be a huge detriment to lose him. And I, I don't know. I think – I know there's the age difference. I know it's coming down to sort of like, you know, Besser versus Miller. Who are we going to keep? Who are we going to lose? But I, I don't know. I just – sometimes you got to go with your gut, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to go with what you think is the best call just intrinsically. And I would really hate – to see Miller out of Vancouver because if our window for the team is, you know, two to three years, 2025 or whatnot, to really go for a run, I think Miller's still got gas in the tank. Like, I, I don't know, 29, we've seen guys play deep into their 30s, and I think it can happen. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, boys. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Uh, that's a, a lot of good takes from Stuart in North Van calling in. And, I mean, I think a lot of it just does come down to nothing's happening at the deadline significant-wise, right? We'll see what happens with guys like Maude and the smaller deals or perhaps a hockey deal that gets done. But as far as core players, I don't see it happening. 
and I've been saying this going back to January, and you know the clips and everything's there. This organization thinks very highly of JT Miller, and it goes beyond just what he's doing on the ice. It's what they view him as and what he means to this team. They're really exploring what it takes to keep him, and I think part of the reason you know they set such a high price for him, if anybody's going to acquire him, is number one, you know he's that good that they want to set a high price for it, but it's so high that. Realistically, it's something they don't want to do. Realistically, they want to see if there's a realistic world where you can work out an extension that makes sense for both sides. And, and at least give yourself the opportunity to gather as much information as possible. You, you, you don't want to make decisions with black holes in your logic, right? And so mm. get to the offseason. A, find out if JT wants to stay here. And if he does, B, find out what that number costs. And that number is probably somewhere in the range of what, 8 to 8.7, somewhere in that range there. So it's about 64, you know, I like to use total money, but somewhere between 55 and 65, $68 million, somewhere in that range, pending seven or eight years. Right. You assume eight, eight by eight. Let's just use that nice round number. So it's it's there. And, you know, we were talking about this uh, today on, uh, on the People's Show. You think about that, and you think we're – Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvine, Derek Clancy are all coming from. They had Malkin and Petter, or uh, Malkin and Crosby down the middle, and it cost them about twenty five percent of their cap, depending on the year, depending right. on how much the the cap went up. I'm curious if they just look at this and say, "Well, Pedersen's making this Miller. If we get him at eight million dollars, that could conceivably cost us about for that one year, a year, a season from now." That could cost us about 18% of the cap. And can we build something around these two guys down the middle and we get to say, hey, look, we've done this before with 7% extra. Right. Uh, it, it just it, – it's plausible. And like we've heard the tune of saying, hey, A, we don't need to get rid of money off the top end of our roster. And B, this isn't a long rebuild because you have certain pillars like Pedersen, like Hughes, like Demko. And now you would say like JT Miller if you retain him. And it just provides flexibility to say, hey, we have these two guys down the middle and we can really create some things off of this. Yeah, it's something that is, that is a conversation and definitely something that's going to be explored by the organization. We'll see where it ultimately lands. Keep getting your thoughts in, thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. Grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. And a lot of suggestions coming in for, for the next Yara Halak start. A lot of people with the same mindset on this one, too. I got a text from Joey Kenward suggesting this, and a bunch of our texters with the same thought. I'll tell you what that is. As the Canucks Central Post Game Show rolls on, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Do your feet hurt? Kintech can help. Talk to a fitting expert today at 11 Lower Mainland locations or online at kintec.net. More coming up in the home of your Canucks after a 6-3 Canucks win against the Devils, Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to the Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make it 13 points after his assist in the first period. That's his 21st goal of the season. And here they come again. Myers with a shot in front. They score! Tanner Pearson! The Canucks get two goals in 25 seconds. This time it's Pearson. And it's 4-2. And here comes John Gillies for New Jersey. I just like that. Canucks get their two-goal lead back, and if you look at this one, J.T. Miller picks up the puck. He's going to get another assist on this, I believe. 
Canucks with another victory tonight to get a bit closer in the playoff picture. Big game from JT Miller. Big performance from Bo Horvat. Both had three points tonight as the Canucks double up the Devils, winning 6-3 on home ice here at Rogers Arena. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, we are going to go to the phone boards in a second. 604-280-0650. You're toll free. one 275 It is Satyar Shaw with Big Nazar, who is laughing, I'm sure, at some of this text coming in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. So tell us what's happening, Bick. The Dan Riccio slander continues to come into the 650-650 inbox. Riccio nailed the Pearson anytime goal tonight. Massive. He he made people money tonight. I I hope you're spending it correctly. But he was also dressed up like he was going to the uh, Disco Tech or something (laughs) like that tonight. Uh, Mike and Tawasin. So Riccio is outside of a club right now waiting to, to get let in and also... Guys, can you answer why Riccio's sitting on a chair so damn high? You're not fooling anyone, Dan. <laughs> no, no. No booster seat there. Riccio just looking dapper. He He's swears. He swears uh, he was not using a booster seat. But those th- those uh, bar chairs, essentially, bar stools, they can you can raise them up. So I'm sure he had it at the maximum height. Come on. Give the man his credit. I'm just saying he did. He I'm, made people money, and you're just carving them up tonight. I'm not, just, I'm credit. He looked great. He looked so sharp. The shoes, too, especially. I right. wish you could see his shoes. Yeah, they were sharp. Uh, JB, 650-650. Is Miller in the conversation for Hart now? Okay, so he's not going to be a finalist. He's not going to be one of the top three guys, right? But I think the way he's played, and there is a difference. There is the actual contenders that are going to win the Hart Trophy to two or three guys that are really in the conversation. And then there are people that deserve consideration, that deserve the conversation. And it's not to say they're going to win or even give them top three votes, but it's to say, hey, should we talk about these people? And when you talk about... The honorable mentions? Exactly. And there you have top five votes. Is it ridiculous to say JT Miller should get a fifth or a fourth place vote? That's kind of the conversation I'm willing to have about JT Miller as Hart Trophy candidate. And if you want to build the argument for him, go ahead. But I think it's fair to have that conversation. If you're giving out top, if you're giving out top five Hart Trophy votes, do you give one to JT Miller on the back end of that? Would you rather give one to? You got to make the playoffs, though. Sure. Obviously, no, you have but to make you know. Okay, I'll throw out some names here. Let's play a name game for JT Miller, and you tell me if he deserves a Hart Trophy vote over this player, Jonathan Huberto. Mm, tough one. That's the whole point of these conversations, Sat. These are tough <sighs> yes, conversations. yes, yes. JT over Huberto. S- slightly, because I love what Barkov's doing there. Okay. Uh, JT over Ovi. No. What about Nazem Kadri? Yes. I think I'm out of names here then. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's a conversation. Artemi Panarin? What, what's Panarin at? 71 points and 55. I'd say you can, yeah, totally. I mean, Shesterkin's been their best player. I mean, you could argue that Demko here, though. Yeah, it's true, but Shesterkin's been unreal. Like, his numbers are just, you know, ridiculous. Anyways, it's, it's, that, yeah. it's that level of company. Company, you're, you're essentially talking about top ten guys that are going to get votes. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I, I think, for, I think it's more than fair to have that conversation. Roman Yossi? I might put Yossi ahead of him. Yeah, maybe. Yossi's been absolutely amazing this season. 69 points in 58 games. Yeah. He, he's essentially their offense. Yes, he is. Uh, Matt Kachuk or Goudreau? Yes. Both of JT, them? JT, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not fighting you on anything. I'm just throwing out On those guys, yes. But, I mean, ultimately, there are a couple of guys at the very top that you're not going to surpass. 
Matthews, McDavid. And don't look just the, like yeah. the seasons they're having, right? But again, the conversation and him just being mentioned in it and for us to even explore it, I think, tells you how far he's come this year and the time of year he's having. suspended this year. Hey-yo! <laughs> Who has better character? <laughs> and also, the other guy didn't get arrested. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Uh, Sandy texts in and says, "Are we just looking sharp in the intermission tonight?" All right, keep getting your uh, text messages in. We'll read all of them uh, coming up in a second here. Uh, but let's go back to the phone board six zero four two eight zero zero six fifty. We go to Victor, uh, who's calling in uh, from Vancouver. Victor, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Oh, wow, guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, so entertaining, and I, I love following your show. So thank Thanks. you very much for doing what you do. Uh, Appreciate quick it. Quick uh, I, I think that this team is, is so comparable to the St. Louis 2018 mm-hmm. one uh, because they, there was a big change of, of the coach. And, you know, with all due respect with Green and everything, it was time for him to go. And, uh, you know, Boudreau is bringing out this roster, what you know, way better than what we've you know, we were disappointed, right, at, at the start of it. So um, this team is, is amazing, and I think we can do big damage in, in the playoffs. That's hey. pretty much it. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Victor. And, you know, a lot of fans have been asking the question, what can the Canucks do if they make the postseason? Is it inconceivable well, they Darryl went around? Sutter, uh, doesn't have big hopes for him. No, I mean, Daryl Sutter said, I mean, a waste of eight days we play Colorado. And, hey, maybe it's true. And yeah. at the end of the day, if you want to bake in how can the Canucks have success in the postseason potentially, it's probably finishing top three in the division, which there is a door open for that to happen if you continue this run, especially with the Kings losing and where Edmonton's at not being so much farther ahead of you. But for them to do anything in the postseason, the stars still have to align to some degree, right? But You'd rather have to go through the Pacific Division. Yes. That, if you want to like talk the, about doing the, damage, that's what you got to do. The way they've played Calgary this year, uh, you know, an OT loss and a big win. Um, and we'll see how how they match up coming up on Saturday and later on in the season as well. But, you know, if you have to go through L.A. or Vegas or Edmonton in round one and then go into Calgary, like you'd, you'd much rather go the Pacific Division route than have to go through the Central. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of texts coming in. We've been talking a lot about goaltending as well, and we got a number of texts coming in, and also Joey Kenworth texted in and said, you know, the Red Wings have the worst road record in the league. They give away, they give up goals at a very high rate in all sorts of situations. You saw the game they lost tonight, 7-5 against the the Oilers in Edmonton, although they did come back in that game and make a game of it. They can score, and they, they do kind of push the pace and work hard. But like a lot of people texted in as well, a bunch of unsigned texts. Why don't you throw Halak in against the Red Wings on Thursday? Could that be a get-well spot for him with the team playing a lot better? Yeah. Robin I, Victoria, Riley from Port Moody, Liam. I don't know. Here's the thing. Okay, what's the reason you want to give Halak a start? To give Demko a break. So is, is giving Demko back-to-back achieving that? Well, I think the notion would be that if you start Halak, because, you know, throwing him in cold in a tough spot, if you throw him in against Detroit, you win, and then maybe you can start him again on the back-to-back. Oh, we're giving him two starts. Potentially. Oh. But you're going to need him again coming up. You have two back-to-backs coming up in a short order, right? You have the back-to-back right, on the Right, which weekend. is why I would give him doing the back-to-back against in the Colorado-Minnesota right. one rather than back-to-back. But if you want yeah. Right. I'm just saying, like, if you want to make sure that you get a good performance from him when you're tired after having played against Calgary the night before, and then you have to play him again when you're playing back-to-backs 
next week. The Canucks are playing two back-to-backs, back-to-back, essentially, right? So it's a question people are texting in. Does that make any sense? To me, you know what that does? I think you're right. If you're baking in starting him three out of the next six games, you're overthinking it. Yeah. It's just, look, they can only afford six losses. Yeah. Six, that's it. Maybe, maybe seven if you get some luck. So say that out loud and how much confidence you have in your Oslo Halak right now. And look, I'm rooting for the guy. I want him to get one start here, bounce back, and and hopefully, you know, get your season back on track. But it's it, it's too many ifs and buts. Uh, I, I'm, if I'm going down swinging, I'm going to go down swinging with my potential Vesna uh, nominee. And... I'm not giving Yaroslav Halak two of the next three starts when you're not even in the playoff uh, playoffs yet. Like you, you don't have a yeah. city. If if once you get that X next to your name, hey man, get the Demko as much rest as possible, and and then you can explore that. But they, they they're not in a position where they're in already and they can afford an L. They 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 have to try to maximize these points. And I'm giving Demko or I'm giving Halak one of the next three, and. For me, it's it's most likely Buffalo because I'm not starting them back to back against. I'm not starting Demko back to back against Calgary Buffalo. No, that's just too hard harder hard of a spark to put him in when he's played 16 games in a row, Straight. and he's started 14 of those. Right. All right. Uh, let's go back to the phone boards and let's hit up Abbotsford where Kyle is on the line. Kyle, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. How you doing? Good, doing great, man. I just wanted to, you guys were talking earlier about uh, the offense from the defense or lack thereof. I just sort of wanted to challenge that that opinion that you guys had. Okay. Um, Before the last game, I did some numbers, uh, so they're not current. But before the last game, the Canucks, since the All-Star break, had the fifth most points from defensemen with 52. Even without Hughes' 14 points, they were still 15th in the league. Uh, And that number is just going to get stronger after tonight with, uh, with four points from defensemen again. So I think... I understand early in the season we really there was a lack of points from defensemen, but I think more recently um, the the defense has helped drive the offense for the Canucks. It's it's a lot of shots go back to the point, and then that helps with rebounds and and, and tips and stuff like that. So I just wanted to hear your opinion on that. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for the phone call. And you know the numbers don't lie. Hashtag facts only, right? And. You know, since Boudreaux took over, there have been far more, players have been far more productive, right? You look at the totality of the season, the point being is a guy like OEL still on point for less than 30 points, right? Tyler Myers is on pace for something like 22 points on the season. That's why I mentioned a guy like Brad Hunt, who has 11 points in 30 games. The bulk of those points coming under Boudreaux, which helped that no total he mentioned. I mean, out of those 52 points, a big chunk of it is coming from Brad Hunt. A lot of guys are chipping in now. Overall, this team still needs more offense on the back end. The team itself has, has has identified that. Bruce Boudreaux himself said the first thing on his mind when asked what do we want to add to the team, he said a right-handed defenseman that can move the puck and create offense. But I think to Kyle's point, in the meantime, though, there has been a lot of production. We spoke about Hamannick, who's been more productive lately, guys like Brad Hunt, and Tyler Myers tonight. So since Boudreaux took over, and I, and I would say a lot of the offense isn't kind of coming from the points, so to speak. That's what they were trying to do previously. A lot of the offense is coming from down low. But one thing the defensemen have been doing a lot more is activating. How many defensemen have you seen taking shots going in? Like even the goal that Brad Hunt scored tonight. Is a slap shot going downhill, right? You see Hamnick do a lot of that sort of stuff. You see a lot of defensemen be more active. So I think a lot of that offense being produced is also a 
sign of how they're playing and how the defensemen are getting activated and coming down and getting shots and chances a bit lower as well. It's really just about you know what's what's sticky, right? Like what part of this offense do you feel is consistent that is going to be night to night? Tyler Myers makes an awesome play tonight. How often do we really see that? Uh, that not even just that level of creativity, but you know, trying to engineer regular chances. You know what? Tampa Bay, you know, we didn't really see him activate and, and try to create offense. It's A, it's it's matchup specific, I would say, and against New Jersey, okay, that's awesome. And a couple of a young goalies in there, it's great. You, a bunch of D-men produced offense today. But, yeah. you know, the way Travis Hamanick has tried to produce offense, it's he's active. Is it just launching pucks? Like, it, it's... It always feels a bit hopeful. They, you're, 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 you look, you're hoping for tips, you're hoping for rebounds. I get that, but you know they did that under Travis Green too, and it did it dried up pretty quick. You're not creating the play like someone like Quinn Hughes does. So yeah. in the here and now, look, you take this production. It's just what feels sticky moving forward. And look, there's still a demand to get more puck movers, as you mentioned, and, and more offensive creators on this back end. Yeah, absolutely. And if they do that, I mean, there'll be a lot more offense on this back end. And the overall, the team is going to be a bit more effective. And you'll see them play a bit faster. We have time to get one more call in. We'll take more of your phone calls on the other side. And we'll play back some audio as well. No Ian McIntyre tonight. He is uh, on the DL short term. We'll be back soon, but he's not available tonight. So we'll take more of your calls on the other side and more of your reaction, but we'll take one more here before we hit the break, and we go to Nanaimo, where Art is on the line. Art, thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, man. Good, good. A couple quick things, like um, with re-signing Miller, which, again, I'm I'm on the fence, too. I mean, he's just an excellent player, but if we re-sign Miller, I'm assuming we have to sign Bo as well. So if we go five, six, seven, eight years with these two guys, and now we got two guys in the mid 30s, and then we got OEL, who is going to be who's already 31 this summer. So where do we draw the line with old guys? Um, and I guess the thing is too that if we do sign both Bull and Miller, we got to get the damn guys signed this summer. Like we can't go into October, November, December, January without them being signed. It's going to be a it's going to be a, no fun at all with uh, them in their last year, right? Yeah, and as no. far as Halak goes, no way, Jose. We bring up Spencer if there's room with the <laughs> if we can work the numbers with the cap and whatever else we have to do. But Spencer had three great games. I don't know why yeah. we're reluctant to even try him again. He's been playing in Abbotsford, so he's been playing. He's in shape playing. Where Halak's totally not in shape. He hasn't played two games in thirty days or whatever it's been. So uh, I don't think there's any question. To tell you the truth. Yeah, no, no, great, good phone call. That is Art calling in. I mean. Looking at it as far as what would you do, I mean, I'd be all for it. I'm skeptical it happens. You know what I mean? That, that's the thing. Unlikely. You know, that that's the thing. Now, could we be surprised and they call him up? It makes it hard with a cap, like you mentioned, too, and, and all those kind of considerations. But you could bring him up and play him. And that is conceivable. I just don't expect them to do so. I just feel like you're just crushing that guy's confidence. Right? You may as well just dump him in the minors then if you're doing that. Just like, hey, here's this pivotal moment, and we're going to go to this kid over you. Thanks. Well, you're trying Thanks. to trade him probably anyways. If okay, you're well, able to. Like, yeah, if, no, if no, you're able to. I'll, okay, here's a hypothetical. If, you're, if you know you're able to trade him, then you don't care. Sure. 
But you got to know that. Right? I mean, that's the thing, right? But someone's got to be willing to take them right. on. Right. You got to make sure of that. All right. We'll get back to more of your phone calls, more of your text messages, and audio from Canucks players post game. A lot of great thoughts as the Canucks Central post game show rolls on, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. The Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Severson from his own line for New Jersey passes to center for Jesper Bratt. Bratt right wing to the red line. Chipped it up the far boards. Juho Lamico lost, knocked it down but lost the puck rather. Now here's Jack Hughes back in on the right wing with a shot right on target. Stopped by Demko. Good chance for Hughes with speed down the right wing. Demko held it. Thatcher Demko did enough to help the Canucks tonight as they defeat the New Jersey Devils 6-3 at Rogers Arena. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. We are going to get to the phone boards here in a second. 604-280-0650 your toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. We are also going to hear from Canuck players post game as they had a big victory tonight over the Devils. We'll hear from Niels Hoaglander, big effort from him, Bo Horvat, and Quinn Hughes, who finally got a W against his brother Jack tonight as the Canucks win 6-3. Now, before we go to the phone words and get some of that audio, Vic, a lot of reaction coming in on the Dunbar Lumber Texting box tonight. Uh, Rob and Victoria, at the end of the day, Canucks will want to sign Miller if it comes down to term. Anything more than five years is risky. You know what? I would also say trading JT Miller is risky because there's no guarantee the prospects and picks you get equate to someone like this season uh, from I mean, JT Miller. Okay, not only that, and I would say that it, it when you start looking long-term, there are a lot of risks that come with signing a guy into his 30s. I don't dispute that yeah. at all. But I would say that the amount of compre- uh, apprehension from the fan base really has to do with just what's happened here the past little while and the failures of other players with big contracts and everything. Like, JT Miller is not... Louis Erickson, you know what I mean? They're not the same types of players. And not every player who's a star guy or perhaps playing at a superstar level this season, not worth signing into their 30s, right? And I do think the conversation is kind of getting away from, you know, the possibilities of it working out, keeping him. But like the caller before called in and mentioned, you know, how do you keep all of those guys, even with Bo Horvat too, that's where it gets tricky because for Bo to work, you have to make give him a long-term deal to bring the AAV down because how are you paying guys all those big tickets over $7 million to Hughes, over $7 million to Pedersen, over $7 million to Oliver ekman Larson, and potentially over 7 or $8 million to uh, JT Miller. I mean, you start doing the numbers, you're going to have to get some bargains somewhere, at least in lower AAV. Is it... How risky is it to have JT on a seven-year contract and having Bo at a, say, a seven-, eight-year contract and both those guys locked in long-term like that into their mid-to-late 30s? You know, there's a lot of risk doing both. That's why, you know, if they do, maybe it's one or the other. Uh, a lot of thoughts on uh, Bo Horvat as well today into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Joe from Smithers, where are all the Horvat haters? One bad game, everybody jumps on the players. An unsigned text earlier said, hey, Bickmeister, I'm ready for you to pick apart Horvat's game, buddy. Uh, always amusing to listen to. Horvat's got 22 goals. Saw it on my Sportsnet app. Has to be a typo, right, Bick? Uh, good shout on the Sportsnet app. Hey, look, 
your night. Get your shots up. 650-650-604-280-0650 if you want to get your calls in as well. Yeah, they're bringing it. All right, uh, we'll go get back to some of your text messages, but let's go uh, to the phone boards uh, coming up in a couple minutes as well. 604-280-0650. Um, uh, <laughs> a Karin from Surrey says, would you bring out Martin and have him back up Halak so Demko gets a whole night off? Oh, we are... Uh... Well, you know, you know what? Thinking about this one, now. I'll say this though: the doesn't last... have to show up to the rink. It's like, hey, man, just turn Netflix on tonight. Oh, just, just relax, just ne- chill out. Next, next, not even an e-bug situation. I mean, I would say though, the last couple times you had to come in, yeah, you probably would have wished that you wouldn't, you would have had somebody else because you're going to yeah. lose those games anyways, sure. and you essentially had to play them over half to game both of those games. Let me say this: Do you want it? In... I think this idea is better than the Hulk two of the next three right. games. I agree. I think this is more sensible. Yes. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's it's on the list of ideas. This one's higher up than giving Halak two of the next three. Yeah, because then it's a, a true night off. You don't have to do warm up. You don't have to sit there stressing out. It's like, oh man, if he doesn't make this next save, I got to go in. It's a true night off. I actually, I don't hate this idea. Neither do I. Neither do I. I think that that makes a lot of sense if you can do it, depending on how. But hey, given how the Canucks are calling guys up. You can probably send one of these guys down and then bring up, Rempel you know, Rempel, yeah. bring up Martin, and it can work cap-wise. You're talking minimal salaries anyways, so it's definitely doable. So if there's a scenario we haven't seen yet, that could be one that I think is more realistic uh, than some of the other ones we've been kind of discussing here. Uh, this one says, who are the Canucks going to move out to create cap space for Miller, for Horvat, and Besser? Add in Petey's undeserved $7 million and Hughes' overpay wow. at 8 and your ha- and half your cap is gone. Leafs West. Uh, that's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> How dare you pay star players? But you know what we should do? Give fourth liners all the money again. They work hard. It's like, <laughs> repeat the same cycle you're just stuck in. Uh, I know. I, I find it funny, though, and it's like, you're going to be least. I mean, the numbers in these contracts aren't ridiculous. The, the ridiculous contracts are the ones that are 9, 10, 11 million. Like, those are not the contracts Canucks players are, are signed to here. So, uh, a bit, bit ridiculous, but it's all good. Uh, we'll get back to more of your text messages, but as promised, we play back some audio from Canucks players post game. We'll start with defenseman Quinn Hughes, who had a strong performance tonight, despite what some might say to our text inbox. Uh, here he is talking about what happened tonight and how the Canucks found a way to get the W, especially going up against his younger brother, Quinn. That was good. I mean, been down two of the last uh, couple games there, so we need a good start, I and mean, we just got to keep doing that. What does it mean to you to get one over on your brother? Yeah, it's good. I mean, um, it was nice to beat him finally, but at the same time, uh, you know, at this point of season, we needed to win so bad, you know, the mentality wasn't uh, really about that. It was more about, you know, we need wins right now, so maybe if it was early in the season, but... Luke. You talk a lot about Jack's ability, but he seems to take this game... Yeah, I mean he's he's unreal. I thought he was, you know, probably the best player on the ice tonight. And um, I think people on the West Coast uh, probably don't watch him as much as you know. It's the same with guys on the East Coast don't watch us as much. And um, so he's really good tonight. But uh, you know, I'm glad he uh, we. I think we he got two points. Is that what he got? I'm glad um, you know he didn't get more than that. We we really needed that. So. Seemed like, in particular, on the breakout, uh, there were a lot of short passes, pretty disciplined w- within uh, your game-limiting turnovers. What, what, how did your, you think the club fared containing that? Yeah, I think it's just easier when everyone comes up together and sticks together, and uh, that's something Bruce has been harping on, and, um, and so the long stretch passes. So I think that's what you're seeing a bit. Quinn, how much pride do you guys take in 
knowing that you don't have much margin right now. And not losing back-to-back in regulation since the middle of January, I think it is. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Bruce said that start of the game, and I thought about that for a second. It's pretty impressive. But like you said, we don't really have um, much uh, leeway here to lose you know, a couple in a row. So. And um, at the same time, I feel like our team's pretty confident right now in the sense that I don't think we uh, feel like we'll ever lose two in a row. I mean, maybe it will, but um, we feel like we really like our game right now. JT extends his point streak again. What can you say about the way he's playing and producing for the group right now? Yeah, I mean, he's been unbelievable. I um, can't say enough about him. I got, you know, a ton of respect for him. And, uh, you know, he's a real leader in the group. And um, he doesn't take nights off. And he's, you know, ultra competitive, maybe the most competitive player I've ever played with. And uh, so, I mean... It's fun playing with him, and he's um, an incredible player, and we need him to keep going. And uh, yeah, just he, he's having a, a you know a great season. I think him and Demmer have really uh, stepped up. So we heard about the painting that you and uh, Jack wagered on for the last game. Was there a wager for this one? No, I, I, I didn't even talk to him today. I think um, he he's a pretty dialed in kid, and uh, and for uh, for me, I, you know, uh, I really wanted to win tonight, so there isn't uh, much going on, on on that front. That is Canucks defenseman Quinn Hughes, who beat his younger brother Jack tonight, 6-3 as the Canucks defeat the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, talks about the confidence they have right now and, you know, how the team is rolling. And that's something that has been discussed a lot by players, and we've seen them get off to some bad starts. But, you know, you don't win as many games as they've won under Boudreaux unless you are feeling pretty good about where you're at all of a sudden. Rally and and find what you're good at and... Keep pushing forward in a game, right? And, and look, there was a little bit of, of adversity in this game. Uh, give credit to the New Jersey Devils. They came back, tied it up at two, uh, made it 4-3, and, and, and made it interesting heading into the final yeah. period. And then Horvat scores that goal, Lamico scores that goal, and suddenly they're uh, up, up, and away in, in 6-3 final. But you, you face adversity in this game. And you know we talk about the matchup versus the, the, the New Jersey Devils, mm-hmm. how their speed can make it difficult. There were moments, but uh, they rose to the occasion tonight. Yeah, they, they certainly did. All, all right, uh, let's go to the phone boards. We have good friend of the show in Nanaimo Details on the line. Details, always good hearing from you, buddy. How are you feeling tonight? Doing really good, guys. It's been a minute. Uh, while I haven't been calling, I've been listening, and as always, a bang-up job done. So it's been exciting this last month and a bit, eh? Yo, no question about it. What a change from what was going on the first bit of the season, hey? It, it was pretty insane, man. And I know I called in the one night and, and kicked some freestyle Bruce, there it is, bars, and you're, oh, right. you got people rapping on here. This, I've been busy. Uh, self-congratulatory for 10 seconds. We put on a massive show here last weekend in Nanaimo and had a sellout crowd of 250 nice. people. So I've been pretty preoccupied doing my thing, but I've been watching and listening. Uh, first of all, I want to talk, like, you guys have been talking about JT Miller all night, but, like, you, you can't trade this player. If you're going to trade this player, like you guys already said, how do you know you're going to get anything that even looks anything like what he is right now in three, four, five years Instead, unfortunately, um, you know, I think another one of these peripheral players gets moved. And I I was on the, unfortunately, move the captain train. And now after the last eight games, how do you trade him? Um, So we got a lot of good problems. My my real question, though, the reason I called, um, Petey, I've been pretty busy these last couple days. I hear maybe on Thursday he's back. We aren't talking wrist injury again, are we, boys? Or uh, what's happening? I'll I'll hang up and listen. And, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to touch base with you guys. And uh, we'll chat a little more often here coming up. Hey, details. Always appreciate you, man. Always welcome to call in. Thanks for your thoughts. So um, nobody has any clear 
or confirmed reports from the team. They've been very quiet on it, calling it an upper body injury. But it seems to be somewhat related to, to a wrist injury. Now, my information that I have, and again, you got to be careful with this sort of stuff too. And you know, you're not a knows? doctor. I'm you're not, not a doctor. I haven't seen it. You talk to yes. people, you hear different things, but it's not deemed to be overly serious or deemed to be anything that's going to hold them back long term. Does he play against the Red Wings on Thursday? I don't know. What I was told was no later than Saturday. He's probably the weekend. He's probably playing. So I'm expecting to see him on the weekend. I'm not sure we see him before that. If we do, great. But my information is don't expect it to be like last year where he's gone for the rest of the year or something like this is going to be short term but again we'll find out when he steps on the ice again and is playing and not just wearing a red jersey and an extra and uh, you know, Boudreaux was rather optimistic about it this morning yep. as well uh, talked about you know hopefully on Thursday uh, so again it, it's just you hate to do the day-to-day thing, but uh, you, you'll see what happens. I guess tomorrow at practice and uh, Thursday uh, for the morning skate. Uh, and, and look, tonight, this is a big win with a guy like him out of the lineup. Because there was a lot of concern of, of what the the ripple effect is of having him out of the lineup and, and the power play, how that looks with OEL there instead of Patterson. Mm-hmm. So your, your star player out of the lineup and you get two points. It's a big boost. Big boost. And... Uh, you know, if they if they make it, you know, we'll look at a night like tonight and say, hey, like this was a big two points to do without Elias Pettersson. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, we have time to get one more phone call in, and we'll get back to some audio. Um, we have Tanbeer in Surrey on the line. Tanbeer, what's happening, my man? You know, I'm just enjoying watching these hockey games right now. I'm following the standings every day. I'm just looking at the standings right now, and you know, Winnipeg's coming on right now, and they're only mm-hmm. one point behind the Canucks with the same games uh, played, and you know, LA losing today. You know, maybe opens up three playoff spots up for grabs uh, in in the in the Western Conference. And uh, you know, I remember going back earlier in the season and you guys doing the post game show, and it was pretty like it was hilarious, sort of listening to you guys uh, talk because you could tell that you guys weren't having fun. Uh, you know, covering <laughs> not earlier on in the season, like the yelling. I don't know what uh, you're talking about, Tanvir. Okay, <laughs> it was. It was, uh, you know, now looking back at it, I, I laugh. And, uh, you know, Bruce has, uh, you know, got this team uh, coming together. And, you know, three. I think there's three spots up for grabs still. There's 21 games left in the season. Uh, Vegas mm-hmm. is falling. And uh, and if they could get one of those uh, top three spots in the Pacific, uh, you know, I, I like our chances against anyone in the Pacific Division. I really believe it. Hey, Tambira, thanks for the phone call. And, you know, people have been making the point of how, you know, Canucks can have success in the postseason or whatever. I think Tambir mentions it. If you play in the division, if you're facing Colorado or whatever, that's going to be so difficult in the first round. But if you're facing one of the teams in the Pacific division, especially the second-place team, you got a chance. I mean, Calgary's a really good hockey team. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. And they'd be favored. But do they strike fear in your heart in a seven-game series? Same with Edmonton, you know? Even Vegas, if they write the ship. I mean, Vegas might be still the sleeping giant that if they get all their guys back and figure it out and Leonard's healthy again in the postseason, that might be a really hard team then. But with the way they're going, they might end up missing the playoffs. No, it's a, it's a good shout from Tanbeer to say, hey, there's there's three spots up for grabs. And I... I... I don't think Pacific Division Two seed is is out of the realm of possibility. It's difficult. They're seven back, but they have a game in hand, and they also get to play LA. So everything that can be within their control, they can narrow it down to three points. So 
you know, three points in, in a context of 21 games, it's like, yeah, you can close that gap. Um, it, it, it matters that, you know, that they, they win the game in hand and they beat L.A. as well. But as far as goal differential goes, they're both plus two right now. Yeah. And so L.A. has been impressive here in this new year. But, you know, Vancouver Canucks have been impressive. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, you need a lot of things to go right, don't get me wrong, but it's a good shout that, you know, three spots could be up for grabs here. Yeah, and, you know, like we kind of mentioned, as far as point percentage goes, Canucks are a lot closer, and as far as actual points go, right there as well. So what this victory does, it gets you within a realistic striking range, and that's why that game against the Red Wings on Thursday, you got to get that W as well. All right, uh, we promised to play some more audio. Canucks captain Bo Horvat, big performance tonight, two goals and an assist, and here he is talking about how he came through tonight. Yeah, obviously it feels good. I mean, obviously your number one goal is to get the penalty or the to kill it off, and um, you know when you have the opportunity, when you see uh, a chance to take off like that, and he's made a great play to me, and uh, yeah, luckily I got it off quick enough to go in. Where did that club range in terms of team speed and quick strike activating there? A real handful to me. Yeah, I mean they're probably top, I don't know, one of the top teams that we've played uh, in the league at obviously speed and. And skill off the rush. I mean, we talked about it before the game, how lethal they are um, with high-end skill and speed. So I thought we did, for, for the most part, a, a pretty good job, but I think we can do a little bit better. Well, we all talked after last game saying that maybe this uh, losing streak against, uh, just in general, the slow starts was in your heads a little bit. What about the start tonight? Uh, yeah. It was sharp, quick, Yeah, fast. we Yeah, we came out, we came out uh, pretty good tonight. I mean, obviously, we talk about it a lot in the room just because of how our starts have been lately, and I thought we did a good job of getting on them quick. Obviously, scoring the early goal um, definitely helped. Um, I mean, the early two to get ourselves up. I mean, we're a good team when we play with the lead and, and play the right way, and I thought we did that, in the, especially in the first, uh, you know, first ten minutes. Do you feel like you've taken your game here to another level in the last ten? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, things are going in, and and uh, you know, helping your team offensively, you feel good about yourself, but. You know, I don't feel like I've changed my game a whole lot from the beginning of the year. It's just a matter of it going in and and things happening. But, I mean, obviously I want to help my team whatever way I can. And, and right now it's been uh, going in. Just got to keep that going the rest of the year. Are you taking snapper all the way on the short hand? Not really, no. I was just, yeah, just get it away quick. And, I mean, you know, it was Dougie Hamilton. And he's a pretty fast guy. And, um, yeah, he was – we were kind of neck and neck there, so I wanted to get it off before he got a stick on it. And thankfully, I think it caught the goalie a little off guard. Your first goal felt pretty old school, a slap shot off the rush. Was, yeah. was that a conscious decision after seeing Hunt score on a kind of a similar shot? No, that was just pure, I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. Like, uh, that was probably my first ever slap shot goal. I'm not even lying. Um, yeah, I just, I was kind of gassed at the end of a shift. And I mean, I, I knew I didn't have enough strength to, to throw a good snapshot at him, and uh, so I wound up for it, and again, thankfully it went in. 96 miles an hour, maybe try it more. Oh, yeah? Than. Okay. Everybody was chirping me in there, <laughs> saying it was maybe 66 miles an hour, so um, I'll have to go chirp the guys. That, we got the, the trackers and the pucks now. Did you know Hoaglander was wearing Elias Pettersson's gloves tonight? Were you aware of that? I had no idea. Maybe you should wear them more often. Um, obviously, I, I bet you that one felt good for him. He's had his chances, and, and um, obviously, you know, for confidence and stuff like that, it feels good to score, especially at home in front of a, you know, a crowd like that. And um, yeah, I was happy for him. We didn't just take a sharpie and put the number on it. 
<laughs> probably no, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> They're pretty good buddies, so I think they share more than gloves. That is Canucks uh, captain Bull Horvat post game uh, talking about his performance, sharing yeah. his caring, and uh, talking about Neil Hoglander wearing Elias Pettersson's glove with number forty on it and saying, you know, maybe you know they're good friends, and that's what something that uh, Boudreaux mentioned too. They're best friends. We've seen that guy's using someone's stick and having a hot night or something like that. Uh, shout out to Nils Hoaglander. Hey, turn over every stone. Beanie's been unreal the last six weeks, so why not steal his gear? Maybe there's yeah. still some magic in them gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Nils Hoaglander tonight, we haven't talked a ton about. It was one of the better games he's played good recently, too. Really good on the forecheck. And the thing I liked the best out of, the, out of that line tonight with Ho- Hoaglander, Horvat, and uh, Besser was how they forechecked. Mm-hmm. And as a line, how they played, right? And, you know, we can we can talk about Besser at times. You know, I know people texted and said he didn't have a great game. But he he did his job on that line tonight. He had the set up to uh, on the goal that Niels Hoaglander had. He it was makes an the awesome play. pass. It like, was. It really was. But overall, that line was forechecking really well. And... When that line was spending as much time in the offensive zone as they were, it helped the Canucks out in a big way. And the JT Miller line did the same thing. We talked about heading into the game on the pregame show how important it was going to be for that line to have a strong performance and to dictate play and drive play. And they did that tonight as a line. For sure. And, and especially when you consider you know, how New Jersey can play with speed. And, and look, New Jersey's got some depth down the middle too. Make no mistake. It, it, like, Jack Hughes was scary tonight. Every time he touched the puck, it felt like something was happening. Dawson Mercer is an emerging player who can play down the middle. You saw at times tonight, got bumped up to play alongside Jack Hughes as well. And Nico Hishier, I said it earlier on the People Show, It's like he's kind of a discount bow. He gets used as a matchup style center at times, and he gets a lot of defensive zone face-offs. Like they're, they're qualified down the middle, and they've dedicated some money as well now down the middle with Hughes making eight and Hishier making seven change. Uh, they're qualified, and tonight Miller, Bo, and even Lamico, like they did their job down the middle, and they they won their matchup, and uh, it's it's a it's a good good solid win for the Conch tonight. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, for them to be able to get this W, that was a big one for them, and it sets up a game against the Red Wings coming up on Thursday. That is a massive important for this club as well. We got a couple texts in here before we uh, ended for this evening. People texted in, no IMAC tonight on the DL. We'll hopefully have him back on Thursday when the Canucks take on the Red Wings. Uh, Nolan Merritt says, what was the verdict on Patan tonight? I was expecting a little more pop. What did you guys think? He is what he is. I mean, there's a reason why he only has, what, one career goal in the NHL or whatever, or six goals or whatever it is. Not a lot. He's a serviceable great, minute. He's a that? he's a quad he's a quad A player. Yeah, you know that's what he is. He's probably too good for the AHL, not good enough to provide offensive production consistently at the NHL. But you know, fine. I Temper suppose. your expectations, I would say. Exactly. Uh, this one unsigned. Sharing is caring. Also, you can't spell glove without love. <laughs> Facts only. I like it. Uh, and Williams says now I get the difference in Hoag's game. He's wearing the Dungeon Dungeon Masters cape. So what happens when Petey comes back then? He's yeah. got to wear Hoaglander's gloves? It's like it takes his power from him. <laughs> Are they Infinity Stones in those gloves? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> maybe maybe Petey was, didn't have all of them before yeah. the, when the season began. All, all right. We appreciate all of you texting into our Play Dunbar Lumber. T- <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. Uh, the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, and we appreciate your phone calls, and we can't wait to chat with you again on Thursday when the Canucks take on the Red Wings here on the postgame show. Bick Nazar, you can listen to him Monday to Friday on The People Show with Randy Janda on Sportsnet 650. I'm Satyar Shaw with Dan Riccio on Canucks Central 4-7 to Monday to Friday. Lena, you can listen to her on OT here producing the show 
and also Eddie Gregory back at the station. Thank you, everybody, for all your support and your interaction. We appreciate you very much. This has been the Canuck Central Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.